0: What I want to do now is to um, just give you a flavour of this thing that's been alluded to by uh, both Chris and Roger um, during their presentations as a way of accessing the projections. For the first time, um, the way that you can access the data is not just through printed materials, through a range of of reports. As Chris suggested, one of the big demands that um, stakeholders wanted was increased accessibility to. the products, to the projections rather. And with that in mind, the user interface was developed. It's not anticipated that every person who wants to get access to the projections will use this user interface. It's an incredibly powerful, sophisticated tool to interrogate the data. It will provide some incredibly powerful results, but because of that, it provides opportunities and challenges in terms of how we use them. Now, as Roger suggested, it may just be appropriate that you use key findings for the sort of information you need from the projections. But we know that there are going to be people who are going to want to really mix those variables up, really begin mixing up those emission scenarios against time frames, against different variables, and really begin to see how the projections might look in different situations for their own particular needs. So... We are going to be running a series of hands-on workshops to help people with that process. There is online resources um, available through the website that will support people in understanding the user interface. But at this moment in time, I just want to give you a flavor of the sort of things you can expect if it's um, an area of interest of you that you anticipate using. My colleague, Anna, will go through um, the step-by-step Uh, process and I'll begin sort of explaining the choices. This tool is available to everybody. All you need to do is just register on the website with your email address, name and a few other details, Bosch, away you go. It's not restricted in any shape or form and so we're aware that, you know, people can use it and abuse it um, as they want to. So with that, we would expect people to use it responsibly, and that's one of the reasons why we want to demonstrate it to you today and why we've got other support uh, mechanisms in place that I described earlier. Roger mentioned earlier about some of the support packages that we've got, and they can be accessed through um, the user interface. At the top here, you can see the UI manual that Roger suggested, and there... It will go through a lot of detail from how to build a request, which is what we're going to be talking about um, over the next 15 minutes or so, to a lot more detail as to why can't I make certain choices at certain points in the process, or what does this information mean in a lot more detail. If we... (laughs) Is there somewhere? Okay. Roger also mentioned about the user guidance, and that's there under UKCPO9. And again, it's got a lot more information about how you might want to um, find details uh, about the information within the projections. (coughs) So when you first register, what you'll come to is this start page. Now, we're going to build essentially a simple request looking at um, temperature within the uh, 2050s, um, looking at the medium emission scenarios, um, at a 50% probability level. So it's a question of starting a new request. And as you click on buttons, so other options will begin to appear. And we're going to begin by selecting our data source. Now, what, before Anna clicks on Next, what you will notice is that there are these series of eyes over the page. <laughs> if you hover over them, it gives you a bit more detail, about that particular choice or that particular area of the user interface. And so, for this one, it says, well, what does it mean by a request? So, there's a bit more detail, and obviously, you've got find out more. By clicking on that, it takes you to the next level of information, should you want to. And you'll find that with with, with the projections, that there is a whole layered effect in terms of the amount of detail that's present. There's also other links that may be useful throughout the page to, again, try and provide you with as much information um, as we can do. So if we can click on next, we'll go to the next stage of the process. This oh dear. It's like tomorrow's world, isn't it, or the uh, live demonstrations are bound to go uh, problematic. Here we go. Now what you will also notice on the left-hand side is this thing called request status. Now that helps you keep track of how far along the process you are. It is essentially a linear process, starting at one point and finishing at the outputs page. But you do have the option of going backwards and forwards and taking quite sort of circuitous routes through the process. So just to make sure that you know where you are, you've got this information on the side that will build up as we move through the process. So if you sort of keep half an eye on that, you'll begin seeing the different selections we've made. So we said that we want to start a new request. We've said that we want to start by choosing our particular data source. Now, for this particular example, we're going to use the probabilistic projections of climate change over land as our data source. We're then presented with a, a choice in terms of do we want... Uh, future climate change only, or do you want future absolute values? Well, we're going on for this instance, go for the climate change. And again, okay, so what sort of variables do we have available to us at this particular stage? You can see they've been grouped on the left-hand side in terms of temperature, you've got precipitation, and other variables that may be appropriate. Now, depending on what you choose, it will affect what you're able to do further down the line. And if you could click on change in mean daily maximum temperature, you'll notice that some of the boxes are automatically grayed out. The system knows that it can't calculate those two variables or a range of variables. But what you can do is if we wanted to, we could click on multiple variables. So the ones that are left, so we can change it. But the more variables you choose, again, you're only going to be able to get um, access to projections from so many ways. So imagine if we went for more than one variable, more than two variables, we're going to be limited to essentially the um, numbers that, that are underlying the projections. We won't be able to get any kind of graphical output. So if we just stick with the one at this particular stage and then we'll click on next. Thank you. Within the projections, we're able to use three emission scenarios. And if you could hover over one of the eyes... These are based on the um, IPCC uh, emission scenarios, and we've um, changed them into languages probably more meaningful to stakeholders. And we use the low, medium, and high, but those of you that are more familiar um, with, with the actual IPC uh, scenarios will be able to relate the two. In this instance, we're going to be using the medium emission scenario, which is what the government is saying we're currently following uh, at this stage. So we'll select emis- uh, immediate. we'll select the medium emission scenarios and then select next. Now we want to determine the time period that we're going to be operating uh, under in terms of our uh, request. So, first of all, um, which which general time period? Well, we'll choose the 2050s as, as an arbitrary area. And then we need to begin thinking, well, which temporal average... Um, of the year do we want. So if we choose summer, as it was just there, and then if we scroll down, we can click on next, just to move us through the process. Right. Now we need to decide, well, what part of the UK do we want to um, find out how it's going to be affected uh, under the variables we've chosen. In this example, what we're going to choose is select the entire UK, which you can oops, which you can see at the top. And you can see that all the grid squares have been selected for us. You do have the option of choosing a place name if you know that it's Oxford that you're particularly interested in and you don't want to try and pinpoint it on the map. We'll go for Oxford, Oxfordshire. And it will automatically locate that particular 25-kilometre grid square for you. If you know the latitude and longitude, if you want to be uh, precise from that angle, you can change the, uh, uh, sorry, choose your location from that perspective as well. Roger talked about how the um, new projections has been aggregated into particular regions. If you wanted the 25-kilometre grid square, you would select uh, that option. So if you just want that that single-focused area. If you want the administrative regions or the river basins, you would click on those options there. But as I said, for this particular example, and Anna is demonstrating what the administrative regions are, if we select the entire UK, and then if we scroll down, Next. Roger talked about the different sort of outputs that you can generate through the user interface, and I said at the beginning of of, uh, my presentation that there are certain uh, ways of uh, presenting the data, depending on your selections that you've made earlier within the user interface. So, in this instance, we do have the option of producing a map. And we can get the raw data. We don't have the opportunity of producing a joint probability plot. We only chose one variable. We chose the um, uh, maximums, uh, t- daily maximum temperature. We can't produce a plume plot because we only chose one particular time frame. So we, if we would have chosen all the time periods from the, uh, say, 2020s through uh, to the 2080s, it would have given us the option for the plume plot. So you can see how the choices you've made earlier on in the process will affect your choice later on in the process. Down the left-hand side, you can see how those uh, variables that you've chosen earlier on in the process, which ones they are. Now, at any stage, you can go back. You're not locked in to this particular cycle. Oh, blast, I didn't mean to do that. So you can just use your back button on your browser, and that will take you back to the area you want to be in. But there's a better way of doing it, and you'll see that in a second. So if we produce ourselves a map, and now we've got to choose the probability level. Well, we'll go for the central estimate of 50%, and what you can do is you can store the results. So if we give it a unique ID, such as demonstration map, and then we click... Demonstration, indeed. <laughs> and then we click on That's next. I <laughs> We're sending some CPD for you next year. <laughs> okay. So, this is the final stage within the user interface request builder. Down this side, we can see all the parameters which we've been choosing all the way through. We can see that we chose a future, future climate change only. We can see the particular uh, climate variable, the emission scenario, that time period of the 2050s, the temporal average that we wanted for the summer, and that probability level. And you've got the scale of change, and then you've got your UK. Now, I said if you want to change any of those variables at any time, you can use your, your back button. But at this outputs page, what you are able to, to do is using these drop-down menus is you can change those variables yourself at this stage. So you don't have to kind of click, 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 back, back, back. You can change your options here. So if we wanted to change the um, probability level, so let's go to the 90th percentile. We choose that, click reload. And there we go. If we wanted to change the temporal average to, say, winter, again, we can click on reload. And in time, it pops up, and we have another map. Now, if Anna scrolls down, we have the option of saving this request. Now, we can save the image if we want to download it and insert it into a report, and we have options of saving it in various file formats. If we want the data that's underlying this map, we can save the data within a CSV file format and CFNET CDF. So, okay. So what we can do, if we can scroll back to the top, Okay, now, what you might have noticed at the, on this top menu bar is in My Jobs. Every time you go into the user interface, every time you go through this process, it saves the request that you've uh, completed. So by clicking on it, we can see that we've got. Oh, it's not there. It, yeah. <laughs> it's a long way down. It should be at the top, hopefully. Did we save it? Oh, it says jobs may take up to a minute between completion time. Right. So this is why I need to tell jokes or something, is it's (laughs) past five minutes of time. But what you can do is you can see, I mean, this is, Anna's logged in as herself, so you can see the sort of request that she's been producing. Um, So the job description that we gave, I think it was, well, we tried to write demonstration. I can't remember what eventually came out. But here we were using one earlier. It's called CDF illustration. We've got the date and the time. And we've got the file size. So is it going through? I mean, what we can do, and if you just want to click on one of these jobs that you did earlier. Okay, so that's the metadata. Resubmit the job back to the UI. And there it is. That was one that Anna did earlier in good Blue Peter fashion. So here we've got a CDF plot. And these were the variables that Anna had inputted, and if we want to go back and we want to change any of these, again, we've got that option to do that. Should we see if it's uploaded itself? Saved itself, rather. No? Okay. I think we should move on. But what you can see, it's, it's quite a simple process. You know, it, it literally is just you know, looking at the screen, Pressing a button, what can be simpler? So that's an opportunity. It's freely accessible, easily accessible, simple registration process. But the challenge is how we use it. Are we asking the right questions as Roger suggested earlier? Are we asking the focus questions? Have we thought about the other products that are available within the projections that might be easier and uh, might be more appropriate? Are we making the right choices as we're moving through the process? Have we chosen the right emission scenarios? Are we talking about mean average, um, mean daily temperatures or, or, or something else? What Are we using the correct variables? So these are sort of things that we need to take away when we're thinking about using the user interface. We're not saying don't use it, but as we're using it, just bear in mind these particular issues. There are support mechanisms in place that we've seen. There's the user guidance, there's a user interface manual, and there's training opportunities, both face-to-face, the hands-on training, and there's online resources as well to support you. I hope it's given you a a flavor. I wouldn't expect anyone to go away and be experts, but it is accessible as from this moment in time. So if you want to register once um, you've had your drinks and nipples at the end of this event, then you will have the opportunity to do so. Thank you very much.